welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard. The podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business and career success. Build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Hello and welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Today I'm chatting with Alan Heyman. He specializes in helping introverts rise into their power and coaching them through transitions. Alan has coached leaders who were born in 17 countries and work on five continents. The part of Boost our conversation covers is optimize relationships. Hey there, Alan. Welcome to the Boost Podcast. Hi, Kelly. I'm so glad to be here with you and your listeners today. Yes, and I am excited for this conversation all about coaching and leadership development and all that great stuff. So for folks who are hearing you for the first time, tell them a little bit more about you and your background. Absolutely. So I'm an executive and leadership coach, and I work with leaders in many different types of organizations. I'm based here in Maryland. And in the last few years, I've had the great fortune of working through a number of different challenging issues with with the leaders that I work with as my clients. I spend a lot of time with fellow introverts uh, because I am one and I know what it's like to navigate that kind of space when it's an often extroverted management world. Uh, And lately, as I'm sure you know from your work, there's been a lot of transition uh, in the world of work. And so I've been helping a lot of folks through their own transitions or preparing for them, even folks who are looking to do something different with their work lives. Awesome. And, and, you know, with that, and I know you said, um, you know, helping them with challenging situations, and I'd imagine... For so many people, I mean, many of us have never lived through a pandemic before. And so how has the pandemic changed your approach to work and sort of the coaching business? Absolutely. Uh, In a number of ways. It it has not really changed location-wise because I was working primarily from home before the pandemic. So in that sense, uh, I guess I got a little bit of a jump on on some of my clients. But the issues that you could imagine coming up over the last 19, 20 months have been very, very similar. And we're talking about uh, even just seeing coworkers and people we've been spending time around at work every day as more complete human beings. In my coaching conversations with clients, I have seen more domestic animals, partners, children, beds, <laughs> uh, you know, things going on in the home. So this idea that we are entire human beings and we bring our whole selves to work, or at least we ought to try, uh, and now it is, it, it's okay to talk about these things at work. It's okay to see these things in each other. Uh, certainly in the last few months, there have been challenges around return to office where Mm. people have developed a certain lack of comfort or a certain amount of comfort with being at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're either eager to get back or they're not. So if that runs counter to what their organization is doing, that's something that I've been talking with clients about a lot as well. Yeah. And you've brought up so many um, little nuggets in that response. Um, You know, and and I, I appreciate the fact that you know, this time and space does allow us to bring our, well, hopefully the workspace allows for us to bring our whole selves to work. I'd imagine there are challenges in and around that as well in that some folks, and and you started by introducing yourself as an introvert. And so how have you found certain introverts who perhaps don't want to necessarily expose themselves to others in like their home space and now they're essentially inviting others into that space. And I imagine that's particularly challenging for folks who um, sort of identify as introverts. I, I think so. I think you're right. And 
you know, if I had to summarize that entire issue in a word, I would say boundaries. Mm. And it is it is difficult to have boundaries when work and home are in the physical space that are the same. Uh, you know, not everybody has a door that they can close at the end of their workday in their home office. And I remember very distinctly at, toward the beginning of the pandemic, I had a client in London who was single and living in a studio apartment. And she leaned over to check on a lasagna that was in the oven while we were speaking during our coaching call. And she didn't have to get up because... <laughs> She was sitting at the same place that she would eat her meal at the end of the workday for her workday. And so for clients like that, it was a real challenge. And honestly, introvert or extrovert, I find that a lot of folks who are in that situation with space at home were more eager to get back to the office if they could than, than the others. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's then it's that challenge of are we working from home or are we living at work? <laughs> right? Which yeah. is it that we are experiencing right now? And so so yeah, to your point around boundaries, I think so many people are challenged with um particularly folks I'd imagine if you love what you do, it becomes really difficult to turn it off. Um, because you're always, you know, it's unlike when you were commuting perhaps to an office, it's like maybe you had the discipline where you would shut down and like leave those things in the office. But now when your laptop is on your dinner table or in your bedroom, it becomes really challenging to establish those boundaries. I think you're absolutely right. The commute itself is a boundary of space and time. Mm. So for introverts, it's the time when you can pop in your headphones and not have to talk to anybody or you can read a book uh, or you can decompress and get yourself prepared for that transition between work life and home life where, you know, the expectations on you are very different. If you don't have that commute, I have heard so many stories of that extra time just getting absorbed into the workday. And I've also heard stories of, you know, the folks who are, let's say, parents of small children or have, you know, older relatives at home. Even if you're on a train full of people who are going to the same place that you are, it's your time to yourself, which is very valuable. Mm. And not everybody has had the ability to protect that time for themselves during pandemic work from home. Yeah, that's such a good point. So so you help people navigate those scenarios? I mean, essentially, so I guess my question is, when is a good time for someone to look for a leadership coach? Uh, am I allowed to say always? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, if that's your response. <laughs> right. So, it's, you know, it's interesting. I, I get people when they are contemplating a transition. That is that is probably the number one thing that people are bringing to me now. Mm-hmm. And it takes some time to prepare for that. And if you're preparing, getting a coach is, is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also a good time if you had a transition recently and you're trying to get acclimated. So let's say you've been promoted and you're a director or you're a VP for the first time. Having a coach can help you build some of that scaffolding to keep you secure in that position uh, in a way that you might find challenging if you're just working on it by yourself. So those are those are excellent times. Um, It's also a good time if you're just feeling a little bit stuck and you're looking for some help getting around those obstacles that might be in your way because we put obstacles in our own way all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think there's you know there are several key things that a relationship with a coach will bring. One of them is reframing just helping you see whatever's going on in your work world in a different way through eyes that are not yours. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another is accountability and that you're going to design actions with your coach and your coach is going to hold you to it. Kind of like when you're working with a fitness trainer, you're more likely to do the reps. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a third is, is this, this challenge idea that I bring, which is that if you're a leader, you're surrounded by people who are going to tell you a lot of things that you want to hear. And that happens more and more as you climb the levels of leadership. And it's just, it's just what it is. It's not a reflection on your character or yourself as a person. It, it's the nature of a power dynamic. Mm. 
So a coach is going to tell you things don't make sense or don't add up or sound like an excuse in a gentle, supportive way, but in a challenging way that you might not hear from your spouse or your chair of the board or your kids or the people who report to you, because all of those people have a stake in your outcome. And a coach, while a coach is on your side, they don't have a stake in your outcome. So that makes a big difference. Mm, okay. So then generally, like, because since you equated it to like um, working out, does someone normally come to you and they already have a particular set of goals or desired outcomes that they're working towards? Or how does that even work, those initial conversations? Usually there's some idea mm-hmm. uh, that there's some sort of presenting situation that they're looking to grapple with, or they or somebody close to them has identified a set of issues that they'd like to work on. So what I usually do in an introductory conversation before we even decide to work together is tease out what some of those issues are. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also uh, during the first session, we would make a roadmap for the coaching engagement and figure out what issues are going to fit where. Now, I'd imagine because you said one of the three reasons why someone might engage a coach is because they're contemplating a transition. Of course, right now we're hearing about the great resignation, right? And so I'd imagine, like, is that one of the three areas that you see most widely used where people are tapping into coaches in order to determine whether it makes sense for them to make these moves? Or do you find that oftentimes people have already made up in their mind that they're leaving and that you're just helping them to navigate that process? So I see a little bit of both. And I think there's value in either one. It just depends on how much time you have, how much patience you're going to give yourself, and also, uh, frankly, how big the transition is going to be. So if you're going from you know, a similar job in one firm to another job that's quite similar in another, you know, that may not be a significant enough transition to look for engaging a coach. But I'm talking about people who want to change careers or are looking to move into a different industry or perhaps a different part of the country, or I'm, I'm getting some retirement lately as well. Mm. So thinking that out, kind of balancing the issues that are at play. And honestly, and, and this is something I've seen quite a bit in the last few months, people are looking for someone to say, it's okay. You can give yourself permission to do this. You can take this risk. You can show up in a way that maybe feels a little bit unfamiliar to you. And... And, and you know this from all of your tremendous and incredibly insightful work on LinkedIn, uh, it's a bit of an act of courage to put yourself out there as wanting to do or doing something different than what people know you for. Mm, yes. And I experienced this in my own transition from working for other people to being a full-time coach and running my own business. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting yourself out there takes a lot. And uh, guiding people through that process a little bit can be very, very uh, worthwhile if you do it with a coach. Yeah. And I'd I'd imagine because you also, there's some value to working with someone who's done it themselves, right? It's, it's, you know, learn from my wisdom. Let me help you to not make the same mistakes that perhaps I reflectively may have made. And so um, I see great wisdom in engaging a coach for those types of conversations. Now, what about, because I know you take a unique approach or you um, do some race and equity work. How do race and equity fit into coaching um, conversations? You know, it, it's it's something that is receiving overdue and increased attention in the coaching business, I would say, uh, it, it, to the point where lately it's, it's almost hard to have a coaching conversation without it because mm-hmm. you're coaching the whole person. And I will ask from the very, very beginning of a conversation with a potential client, uh, 
you know, what issues of your culture and identity are affecting the way that you see the world and, and work that you feel are important for your coach to know about. Mm. Um, and I get nothing sometimes or a blank form. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the experience of being the first or being the only in a particular work environment is is a structural burden that the individual has to carry. And, uh, you know, I've, I've supported a number of clients through that experience, and they often find themselves in, in situations where they are having other people they can look up to. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to carry that burden all by themselves. And and I've had a number of conversations lately with clients about what they would like to see uh, in their wake. So in other words, the generation of leaders who are coming up behind them, what do the transitions look like? What do the milestones look like? And what, uh, you know, what do organizations need to do to change to support everybody where they are? Because that clearly has not been the case in business for a very long time in this country. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And so do you, in that case, do you then work with those leaders, those individuals to help them to understand how they might be a part of the solution in terms of how can they use their power and or privilege in order to be supportive of other people? Or what practically, what does that look like? That's absolutely right. And I would say that's the case almost regardless of of the individual uh, cultural or identity characteristics of the person that I'm coaching. Uh, Because it it does, you know, the the issues of of privilege and power uh, come up in leadership all the time. You can't have a conversation without it. So what are the implications for people coming up behind you? What are the implications for people who don't have the same access to power and privilege that you do? These are questions that I'm, I'm asking clients fairly frequently. Wow, that's awesome. Now, I, I definitely appreciate that approach. And so that's something that you integrate into all of your coaching conversations? I would say it's something I integrate frequently. Um, you know, it's hard to get down to every individual conversation with every individual client, uh, simply because there, there's a balance of what the client is experiencing as an individual human being and pretty much the only person I'm speaking to in that moment and what they're encountering within their organization and what they have influence over. Mm, Gotcha. Gotcha. So, I mean, you mentioned sort of, you know, that's one aspect of the work that you do. What, what does an average day, or I'd imagine there probably is no average day since you're dealing with humans and we are rather complex beings. So there is no such thing as an average day, but if you had to summarize what an average day looks like, what, what would, what would it look like? Sure. So I have a variety of activities in my day and I don't think I would be successful as a practitioner of a craft if I was doing more of this work uh, in a more concentrated way than I could properly handle. And and what I mean by that is I've discovered that my sweet spot is probably something not more than say three or four coaching sessions in a day. Mm -hmm. And that's three to four hours of time, either on zoom or on the phone with, with people one-on-one, which is obviously a lot shorter than your typical standardized American eight hour workday. Mm Mm-hmm. There are other things that I do to support the business, and some days are longer than others. So I do have calls, you know, going into the evening sometimes if I'm coaching somebody on a different coast or in a different you know, part of the world. And I like to be prepared for sessions, and I like to read up a lot on the state of, of the art. So there's always going to be, you know, some book that I'm reading about leadership or leadership coaching. There's always going to be some certification program that I'm at least considering doing at some point in the future. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can tell you that uh, in a few weeks' time, I'm going to be doing the Designing Your Life Coach Certification Program. Mm, okay. It's a framework based on a book that I love, and I've used it a lot with clients already, so I'm looking forward to going deeper on that. Uh, and I recently finished uh, and handed over to an editor uh, a manuscript of a book about coaching and analogies for leadership and life. So that's going to be coming pretty soon, too. Um, my, my background is, is in communications. I was a journalism major, so I, I haven't ha- had... Uh, haven't had the urge to write, leave my system entirely just because I happen to be coaching uh, and leading a coaching practice. Gotcha. Good stuff. Good stuff. And, you know, and I know initially you said the three to four hours isn't the average day, but I'd imagine there's a tremendous amount of emotional um, sort of there's there's the, the weight or the burden of supporting people through whatever it is that they might be experiencing at home or at work just in life in general. And so those three to four hours, um, it's not linear, I don't think. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I'd imagine, you know, sometimes those three to four hours feels like an eight hour workday just because of perhaps some of the heaviness that goes along with supporting people through transitions or just retraining or, you know, these, these um, instances of feeling stuck in life. Indeed. And, and going back to the whole introvert thing from the beginning for a moment, if I may, uh, you know, I don't think of myself as especially antisocial. I like speaking in front of groups and I, I speak with people for a living. That's that's my job. And uh, I, I need to recharge my batteries mm. by spending some time in solitude, by, you know, by reading, by being out in, in nature. Uh, and I get a chance to do these things throughout the course of my day or at least my week. Uh, because one of the advantages of, of being, you know, the self-employed entrepreneur, as I know, I know that you know, is, is being able to structure your day where your energy is best. Yeah. So if I know, for example, that mornings are best for writing, I'm going to make sure that I've got some mornings blocked off during the calendar for that. Awesome. Well, Alan, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate your insight. If someone's listening in and they want to learn more about you or your work or engage you in some way, what's the best way for our listeners to reach out to you? Just visit my website at PeacefulDirection.com. I've got a monthly email newsletter that I do with, you know, different observations about leadership and things that are coming up in coaching that that most people find pretty interesting and helpful. I'm also on LinkedIn and Twitter. Folks can feel free to find me there as well. I'd I'd love to have a conversation with any of your listeners anytime. Awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate your time and thank you for what you do. Kelly, thank you so much. I'm glad that we got to spend a little time together today and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to know your listeners a little bit. Well, that concludes this episode of the Boost Podcast. Thank you again for listening in. If you don't mind, if you could like, subscribe, or share the podcast with a friend, I would greatly appreciate it. For more information on anything Boost related, you can visit our website at www.kellytleonard.com. 